Welcome to the Jannie and Angie Show with January Donovan and Angela Schneiders. We have a dream to rebuild our church and restore the tender love of Christ to every human heart. We believe in women's irreplaceable role in rebuilding our church, our culture, and our domestic church. As St. Catherine of Siena reminds us, be who God meant you to be, and you will set the world on fire. It is time to rise and reclaim souls for Christ. We must deepen our formation as women and prepare ourselves to lead the new evangelization. Our vision in the Women's School is to build our church one woman's formation at a time, and only then will we set the world on fire for Christ. How should we deal with a lot of the scandal, I think, that's coming out as of recent in the church? And just seeing, I think, that, you know, our church is a pilgrim church and it's filled with people that are walking an imperfect journey. Um, but I wanted to share with you, I think, my own personal journey and, and how real it is, I think, as a woman um, who has placed all her trust, I believe, in the church. And like most of us, um, you know, it, it's, an, it's, an, it's a human institution as, as well as a divine institution. And so this is really just a personal testimony, I think, for myself as a woman going through and working through, um, I think, the veil getting pulled for me and seeing, um, you know, the scandals, the, the, the child abuse, the, I think, lack of transparency. So first off, I want to begin by saying that, you know, I, my conversion happened when I was uh, 18. And really, my faith has been, you know, the, the fiber of everything that I do and who I am. And so it's embedded in so much of every decision I make. It is what fuels me. It's what gives me fire. It's that, you know, um, it's, it's the most important part of who I am. And as of recent, you know, I, I have been aware of the McCarrick scandal and how big of a web it is and some of the Vatican financial scandal. And honestly, I just want to say that I have no answers. I think that I, I went to spiritual direction um, a couple of days ago uh, with a very holy priest. And I was just sort of in, in tears really because I think there was, a, a, I guess the best way to describe it for me is just grief grief for what I believe, you know, the church was in my mind. And to be honest, I have been just privileged to really only come in contact when I, and I think for the most part with a very holy priest and religious and, you know, coming from Steubenville into a very community. And I think the DC area and, and where I am now, I find that I have been, I would say so privileged to experience holiness around me. And I remember I was talking to my spiritual director and I said, Jenny, remember you are a daughter or, you know, you are in this time of John Paul II and Mother Teresa where, to be honest, it was a very unique time in history where we have in front of us, we're walking saints. And so it's almost as though I got so used to the fact that this is the way it is, and this is the way it, it should be. And that, 
you know, if you really look down the history of the church, there has been scandals. There has been so much heartache and, and there's a lot of sinners, but God continues to prevail. And so, you know, I was just sort of weeping and, and grieving and acknowledging the fact that um, I think I needed to grow and learn to love our church in spite of what I have come to know. And, and intellectually, I know that. Intellectually, I know that the church is never and will never um, you know, cease to exist, that our Lord is always there and that he is going to make good and plan B and his mercy is better than plan A. And I think what's honestly causing me, I would say the biggest heartache is simply that um, I'm awakened to the corruption that is uh, from the top, I guess, and and have been so naive. Um, at the same time, I'm awakened to the fact that it was allowed to happen and that how were people not held accountable? How, you know, how, how was the scandal gotten so big and and that it's almost as though where was the leadership <laughs> and um and so two things i think that i am my spiritual director really you know kind of hounded on me in the spiritual direction which i'm so grateful for spiritual direction and at the same time you know he really gave me permission to grieve um, and I think this is, he said, he gave me a script. And in the woman's school, we have hundreds and hundreds of scripts, and that's what we live by. And really, the script is, I am made for this hour. That has really resonated with me because I felt as I was trying to find a way to justify, to be somewhere else, to complain, to be angry, and and all that are, are you know, I think, um, a justified response to evil. At the same time, I cannot deny that God designed me and created you and me in this time in history for a very uniquely divine purpose. And that in times of darkness is where he calls those great saints. And we're all called to be saints. And I felt as though I was trying to numb myself or I was trying to hide away from the discomfort or angry about the way our culture was. Or really, I wanted to hold on to the comfort of knowing that that there, everything was good, <laughs> you know, and that, and that the discomfort of knowing that I must remain fervent and love and, and deepen my faith even more and protect the church even more, in spite of the fact that I have been betrayed and misled by a few people in the church that I have given my trust to. Um, and, and really, I, I lived in the D.C. area, so Cardinal McCarrick was... Our cardinal saw, you know, I've, I've met him a few times and he's seeing sort of the web and who knows really what the layers of, of truth is. And at this point, and I'm not so sure um, it is as relevant as it is for me to know how to respond specifically as a woman in the church. Um, because I think that women are here to protect what is true, good and beautiful. So I think two things that pop out to me is that permission to grieve and then permission to grow. And what I mean by that is that we have to grieve the evil. We have to grieve 
the injustice we have to grieve for our lord you know and i think that's what has burdened me is because i i i look at our lord in the cross and i say lord you must be so burdened by this because the church is suffering and you suffer with the church because of our sinfulness you know and to just it's okay to be angry <laughs> it's okay to to i don't know it's just okay to be angry i think that's that's what i was sort of dealing with but i didn't know who to be angry at <laughs> uh and i think we have to go through the layers of grief um and almost to a point of like you know you feel you know if you look at the layers of grief there's that sense of hopelessness that comes right before i think us kind of you know rising above and i think that we have to give ourselves permission to see evil as it is and grieve and be hurt and be angry and feel hopeless and feel as though, you know, where do I go to? You know, I just felt like a sheep without a shepherd. That's I kept telling my husband, I said, I feel like a sheep without a shepherd and I don't know who to go to for leadership. And I am, you know, I feel like I'm developing this doubt that is not good, you know, and, 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 and maybe there is a healthy doubt or, or, or um, I would say a healthy permission to be skeptical. Uh, and I, but I, I feel like it's not a pure heart to be doubtful. But I don't know because of everything and all the scandal, who and where to place that, you know, that trust in a, an earthly father, you know, a, a priest. And so... I think there's that grief. And at the same time, I think we have to turn it to ourselves and say, how do I grow from the situation? I cannot control the external. I cannot control what's happened. I, can, I cannot control what's going to happen. You know, is there justice for, you know, the McCarrick scandal and all the things that I think he did? I'm only one woman <laughs> with eight children who really, you know, feel voiceless in, in so many ways in the church and that in itself angers me because I think there's a part of me that wants so badly to fight for the injustice in our church and what our Lord is enduring in Our Lady. But you know what, what I have been pondering this past few weeks is really where is my growth here? You know, where is God asking me to grow in? Is it my ability to hold people accountable? Is it my ability to be, you know, be more diligent, or is it my ability to study or um, focus on my family and focus on what I can control? And what I realize is that I can control the way I respond. I can control my attitude, my disposition, my perspective, my hopefulness. I can't turn every bad situation in my thoughts and see the good and seek the good in spite being surrounded by evil. And I do think that we can do that. I do think that as women, we are to protect what is true, good, and beautiful. And in the face of evil, that's when the greats of the greats arise. And that we are all called to a greatness. And it's not greatness of look at me, but it's greatness because we possess a light of Christ within us. And I think that's what Mother Teresa is. And that's what John Paul is. That's what greatness is. And we are called to that level of light, to that level of greatness is unique to each one of us, right? Because God designed us so beautiful and so unique and so loved that we have to believe that we are commissioned and that this is our hour. 
you know, I am made for this hour. I kept saying that over and over in my script. I am made for this hour, that this is how God designed me in this moment of time. And so to ponder that is to ponder the call within the context of time, you know, to study the signs of our time as John Paul II and to know there's something that I have been commissioned to that is unique to any other woman and in any other time in history. And so I must ponder both in prayer and study really what God is asking. And so um, I think that that is, you know, I think a, a, just a deep awareness I am realizing in this moment of time where I honestly feel like the face of evil is, is showing itself with almost vengeance and no shame and the pedophilia, the disgust, the, the human trafficking. I mean, it's, it's so palpable to me that the only natural response is to be angry, you know, of the injustice of the human person. And yet I must be faced with evil and be so hopeful as a woman to say, how can we grow from this? How can we replace the darkness with light? Because the problem with darkness is not darkness, but it's lack of light. And perhaps my ability to not radiate the light of Christ is exactly what's causing evil to grow. Maybe I lack courage. Maybe I lack, you know, accountability. Maybe I need to be more vigilant. Maybe I need to make sure that I take care of my house and my um, mental, emotional, physical, spiritual energy. So I have, um, the, the space to give outside of my home. Um, so that's what I just challenge all of us here is that I am made for this hour. I am made for this hour. I am commissioned for this moment in time and that the graces are available for us and that we, I think, as women have to protect our minds more than ever because we are surrounded with evil because evil is showing its head in, in a massive way that it's almost inconceivable that things that we allow in our culture is allowed. <laughs> and I really believe that we have a human problem. We have forgotten the human person that between the human trafficking, the abortion, the life issue, we have forgotten our, our, our great um, call to be first, you know, human before we are even a Christian, right? And that is our common ground and that our society has forgotten the human person, you know? And how can we see the other's dignity if we do not recognize our own dignity and the words we use and how we label ourselves in... Um, I would say the criticism we allow ourselves to use for ourselves. I mean, I think this is a time of deep formation. This is a time where women have to rise up and say, I have a duty to form who I need to become, to be an army for our Lord in a way that is unique for this time in history. We have to armor up. We have to take on, get on our knees get on our swords, the scripture, and we have to be really diligent students. I think we need to get back to study. 
And I know that there's so many demands of us, you know, mother of eight, I, you know, the woman's school, there's so many things that are demanded. I mean, I'm homeschooling and yet I have to recalibrate what I um, am able to be able to do uh, in the time that God has given me so I am not distracted, so I can continue with my God-given duty and what God has asked me every single day so that I can form myself, get up in prayer, get up and study, get up and prepare my home, get up and be diligent in forming myself so I can form my children, be really mindful in the unity that we have as a couple so that we can continue to protect the culture of our home and also be vigilant and how we can be proactive and protecting what is true, good and beautiful as a culture. I think that politically it's so toxic right now. And at the same time, I think that we have to get into the darkness, get into the muck and say, where do we stand? And how do we make a stand for life? And I, I think that we can no longer be complacent and that I, I, you know, it is my belief that politics is just the extension of a compounding effect of the culture, which is a, a compounding effect of the human person, human person in crisis. And so we have to do our part to form ourselves, form the people we love, so that we can actually impact our society and our schools and our communities and our politics and our organizations and our work environment that we have to be diligent so that we're not just sort of focused on this little thing, but to see the big picture and at the same time working on the small moments throughout the day where we can form ourselves for the sole purpose of impacting the big picture. And it sounds crazy because to me, you know, the goal for the woman's school is to rebuild culture one woman's worth at a time from the inside out. And it sounds ludicrous to think, okay, we're going to do that, <laughs> you know, that we're going to just dare greatly. And but at the same time, why wouldn't we? You know, I think of um, St. Therese where I said, we, you know, to ask great things of God is to give him a compliment. And I keep thinking then we have to dare greatly and ask, how can we rebuild culture, the formation of women? How can we truly do that from the inside out? Then what is our big, bold duty to first form ourselves so we can actually impact culture collectively? And that this is not the time to waste time, but rather to invest in our time and how we use time so strategically to create massive impact in our homes and in our communities and in our culture because everyone out there right now is... I would say die living lives of quiet desperation. There's a lot of division. There's a lot of scandal in our church and outside our church. And I was pondering these three things, uh, you know, as a Catholic woman who wants the world to say, hey, we have the fullness of truth. Come join our church. But there's a huge scandal of cardinals and, um, you know, pedophilia and church abuse and financial I don't know and but that is not what I want to choose to focus on how do I invite people to become more Catholic I truly believe that we have to do three things and the first thing is that we have to accept that we've made a mistake we have and maybe not Yes, us, I'm sure we make mistakes all day long personally, but as a church, that maybe we haven't done our duty <clears throat> to protect the innocent, to do all that we can 
to protect and to prepare a priest. So number one is, I would say, acceptance of our mistake. Number two is acknowledgement of how we've hurt people. I would say we have to acknowledge the wounds. We can't pretend, you know, if people are angry about the Catholic faith and we're trying to go back and forth and we're trying to have an argument, I don't know if that's what we're going to win them because honestly, they have a lot of ammunition to say, well, why would I sign up for a church that has X, Y, and Z leadership? We have to acknowledge the wound that they probably have received through the church or maybe the impact of the church and so the second one is a acknowledgement. And the third one, I think, is apology. I think that we need to apologize for the things that even though we didn't do apologize for an institution that might have failed a lot of people in the past. Um, and I think that's the only way we can bridge back and invite people towards this beautiful church that our Lord has given us and its fallenness. We have to continue to protect it. And I think we have to be the one that's going to find a way to acknowledge the hurt and apologize for the pain we've caused and accept that we have, you know, we've made a lot of mistakes as a church and as a whole and as an institution, but that grace abounds where sin abounds and that as women, we are to protect what is true, good and beautiful and that we have an obligation to grow our church and to develop who we need to become in order to help church develop into this maturity. And so that is, um, I think, my message for you today is that, you know, this concept that my spiritual director said that I'm made for this hour and that I have been commissioned uniquely for this hour is something that we need to, to constantly um, ask our Lord, what is it that you're asking me of God in this hour? And that what is my duty? that it is replaceable and unique only to me um, because we are all called to rebuild our church in some form or fashion degree. And as women, um, I think Our Lady is going to guide us and, and lead us to rebuilding our church. And I think this is a time of purification and that we're seeing the purification happen right before our eyes. And part of the purification is to expose the evil from within. And as hard as it is sometimes to stomach some of these things, you know, we are the light in the darkness and that I more than ever, we have to get back on our knees and to pray for the grace in this unique time in history where we can become the saints that God has invited us to be. And that it's gonna require a level of martyrdom and an incredible amount of humility and courage to step up to the plate of um, this time and say, yes, Lord, I'm here for you. <laughs> yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I don't understand. Yes, Lord. And that I think we can hold on to is our prayer and intimacy with our Lord and to truly grow in our relationship with our lady. And that has been something that I think I've pondered as a woman specifically in this past few years is the importance of how Our Lady is missing in our church, uh, in our culture as a whole, that we no longer have mothers forming us. And so the women are, are deprived of mothers, spiritual mothers, because Our Lady is not, uh, you know, she's not welcome. <laughs> and 
Therefore, we are orphans in a world where we need guidance. We need our mother. We need our, our heavenly father. And we need Jesus to walk us into the cross and Gethsemane for the purification to prepare us for the resurrection he has for us. And it begins with you and me. It begins in our own internal journey. And I think that this battle is won first in our own spiritual intimacy with our Lord. Because that's where we're going to receive the graces to fight and, and, and become the woman that God has called us to be. And so that is our vision in the woman's school is to raise an army, you know, to rebuild our church. And that we are to form ourselves first. And that our families into this great union with our Lord. And so that there's a hierarchy and that we cannot change the world if our internal world has not been radically transformed that metanoia that our Lord calls us to. So that's my invitation to you ladies. Dare greatly with, for, and dream with, and for God. And let's not lose hope. And I say that to myself, that in the face of evil, we can stand tall and firm, knowing that Our Lady leads us, that Our Lady is within us and will protect us with his mantle, whatever this world may be. And that truly... You know, this world is fleeting and that, that the eternity that, that God has in store for us is waiting and that we have work to do during this time. God bless you all. Thank you um, for joining us and for, you know, being here and part of this mission of rebuilding our church through the formation of women, one woman's worth at a time. Um, share this video, share this mission and have hope that our Lord is going to prevail because he already has won the battle for us. January Donovan here with Rebelda Church, Angie and Jenny Show, and the Women's School. Take care. Thank you for joining us today. We would love to hear from you. Please write us at info at com. We would love to hear your comments and questions. And to learn more about our work at The Woman's School, please visit our website, thewomanschool.org. Finally, we encourage you to take the wholeness quiz, which you will find on our website, thewomanschool.org. Because as St. Edith Shine taught us, as a woman becomes whole, she becomes a pillar on which others can lean to be made whole. Thank you, ladies. Until next time, let us rise and together rebuild our church.